dear friends, the um, conversation that I was hearing as we were sitting back down again, I, th um, I think is indicative of um, why I'm going to speak about what I am tonight. Um, I'm sure that the news of the <coughs> events of war shootings in our country um, were very difficult to hear for all of us. You may have felt angry, you may have felt despair, you may have felt gratitude that it didn't happen here or to you, you may have felt confusion of why or how it could happen. And all of those feelings are, of course, completely appropriate and completely normal. It's also very difficult to know how to respond when something that should be abnormal becomes normal. It happens so often that we can't avoid it. Mindfulness trainings and the Bodhisattva um, vows invite us to not turn away from the suffering in the world, from the things that are frightening or violent or terrible. But we have to find a safe and mindful way to look at that suffering for our own sake and for the sake of the world. So I was moved to change the subject of this talk on, on Saturday. And what I'm not going to do is give you my views about how this happened, how it might be prevented, et cetera, et cetera. Because that is outside, that is for a, for a conversation outside of this circle. However, I want to offer some thoughts about how we might practice with this kind of an event. Now, Michael Saborski has reminded us multiple times in many of his retreats that mindfulness practice, meditation um, is not a simply a tool to feel better about ourselves or to calm down or um, relieve distress. At its most powerful, mindfulness practice is examining the things that are distressing. And that practice then becomes the foundation of engagement where engagement can eventually mean some course of action. But before there is action, there is discernment, deep looking. The Dharma talks about interdependent origins and the many conditions that lead to the arising of the present moment. So how can we use that practice of deep looking 
to understand or at least broaden our view of these horrible acts of violent terrorism. Is it really true that the causes and conditions of these acts begin and end or are solely contained within the thoughts and actions of the individual who perpetrates these acts? That is certainly one of the frames that we receive in the media. This is a person who is mentally ill. This is a person who is socially isolated. This is a person who is deranged somehow. Is that the, the, the beginning and the end of the looking that we can do? So deep looking is the widening, is the practice of widening the circle of connections to the present moment. And we do this with our food contemplation during our tea ceremonies. We are often invited to follow the threads of who made the cookie? Where did the ingredients come from? Who brought the, the ingredients to the store? Who grew the, the wheat? Who, where did the wheat grow? What was the soil like? Where was the rain, the sun? All of those things. We follow those connections back to very, very fundamental, very large and profound causes and conditions. And we enjoy that practice. That's a very nourishing, literally and spiritually, way of connecting ourselves to the rest of the world and feeling and experiencing and understanding what it means to, to, to be in a state of interbeing, to experience that web of connection. And we do this same thing with our mindful eating practices during retreats where we follow those same paths. And so those ripples of connection and conditions move outward almost infinitely. And that, those contemplations that we're frequently invited to do at retreats and, and here feel very safe comfortable, certainly not controversial, and ultimately rational. We can, we can use our knowledge of how the world works to, to consider those connections. Perhaps we have a, an idea about how something might be that we don't know all the details, but we can use what we do know to, to paint that picture for ourselves. We like that kind of deep looking. It fosters gratitude and appreciation for the causes and conditions of that moment that we find ourselves in. If you've ever engaged in psychotherapy that had, a, a, with or without, a, an overt, explicit frame of mindfulness around it, you've probably been encouraged to do deep looking at yourself, 
at your family of origin, at your relationships, and to examine where those causes and conditions come from. And sometimes those things are positive and we similarly with our food contemplation feel nurtured and held up and, and um, safe by seeing and experiencing and, and visualizing those connections. And other times it can be very scary and very um, distressing to make connections that, that we did not want to consider or that were hard to see without a lot of, of work and removing judgment and removing our own narrow views. But, but it's possible to do that kind of work and it can be very rewarding. And in the therapeutic environment, that's a, it's, it's supposed to be safe. Good therapy is, is a safe place to do that. So let's continue to expand the repertoire of types of deep looking that we can do. And for the moment, let's stay with another safe subject, but that I think has a direct analogy to the less safe things. So imagine someone you might know personally or who you admire as a, as a, a, a fit public figure or a role model who has done something wondrous and beautiful and great and accomplished an amazing thing, made a, a, a tremendous positive impact in the world. And how would you go about looking deeply at that, at that, action and the, and the causes and conditions that allowed that good to be, to come in, to arise in the world. And I thought of something like the founder of Habitat for Humanity. Clearly a very committed person who gave a huge amount of personal effort to catalyze an idea and spread it and, and, and get other people to buy into it. So there's, there's some level of greatness there. There's some level of, of uh, exceptional, exceptionalism about, about this person. But there are many, many things that went into their exceptional uh, accomplishment. Some of them are very mundane. They, he clearly had, he and then all of the people who have spread Habitat for Humanity all around the world have had communication skills that help them convince people to join them and to participate. Businesses and organizations were willing to donate materials and equipment and people's time. Many, many volunteers were able to volunteer their time and their skills and the tools that they brought Banks and other institutions provided, provide financing and um, offer land at lower costs than what market value might be. Clearly, the founder of Habitat for Humanity must have had something like um, 
a, a family of origin that gave them the ability to see what it was like to, to care about others and to, do, to want to serve the world and not be worried about just themselves. They had good health to be strong and to be able to give their energy. They had time to give to the greater good and go beyond meeting their immediate needs. And ultimately they had access to many kinds of resources that they could generously share that was possible for them to share. And that series of, of things, you, could, you can spread that out across everyone who has participated in, in Habitat for Humanity. From Jimmy Carter on down to my dad, to anybody who's ever done anything. So, why then would it seem like not the thing to do to examine an act of terrorism such as this with that same broad view? Why would we choose to continue to place all of the responsibility on that individual without a, a context or support or opportunities or tools for their actions? Why would we stop at simply attributing something to their own internal thought processes instead of how the rest of the world created that moment? So if it's hard to look deeply at these events, it is not required, in my view, to look deeply and luridly at the actual act of violence. Deep looking at this moment is not about watching the news clips or the social media videos over and over again to see how people died, how people were saved. But it is about following the ripples and the threads away from that moment, out farther into the world. And that takes its own effort. Unlike the story of the food, it may take research to identify the causes and conditions that contributed to that, that you may not may not be easy to um, know right off the bat without learning more. It may require effort to identify and challenge your own views about these kinds of situations, what the causes are, why they happen. It may require effort to go beyond that single moment and go out to larger patterns, larger 
correlations that come from other, other study and other sources of information. It may require effort to discern what is a, a trustworthy or a wholesome source of information or a, an appropriate um, source of a view. You may have to follow the money. Who benefits socially, politically, economically? from promoting a particular view? Is that benefit that they gain greater or more valuable than the loss and the damage and the other, the other impacts of that view? So, just as the food Meditation may produce an aha moment of connection and comfort. And just as contemplation of one's own situation in psychotherapy may re re result in some very profound transformations of our own views and our own stories about ourselves and those around us, Deep looking like this at something we don't want to look at potentially can change our view of the world tremendously as well. And maybe you've already gone through this kind of a, of a, of a practice with events such as this. So what I'm saying is something that sounds very familiar or kind of ho-hum. Maybe there's someone you know who you can invite into that process if you feel like you've gone down that path a ways. Maybe there's still something left to see that you haven't seen yet. But in any case, what you choose to do, how you act on that new view, how that new view impacts your way of being in the world, is the, the final result of this process, and that is the topic of another conversation for another day. <laughs>